This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Hallelujah. Nonetheless, amen. We're going to be coming, next slide, coming out of John 8 and 12. Hallelujah. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version as we come out of the Word today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We know that the Gospel of John was written by John the Elder, who was the oldest, who lived the longest out of all the apostles. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He had some insights into Jesus, amen, that are um, exclusive to his gospel. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In his gospel, Jesus was revealed as God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And it's with that thought in mind, amen, hallelujah, we are going to read John 8 and 12. I am reading from the Amplified Version. It will look different from your King James Version. Amen. Hallelujah. Here begins the reading of God's holy word. John 8 and 12. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12. And it reads, once more, Jesus addressed the crowd. And he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness or ignorance or death, but will have the light of life. Amen. Saints of God, you must recognize that Jesus is the source of all knowledge, all information, all truth. Hallelujah. And as he is unveiling himself as the light of the world or saying that he is God basically here, amen, hallelujah, and the source of life, hallelujah, hallelujah, as we know it, hallelujah, glory to God. He's someone to be listened to. You know, there's so many opinions in the world. There's so many worldviews, amen, and in my line of work, amen, I have to encounter, amen, many different worldviews, many different takes, many different opinions, Many different ways that people believe that the world should work. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In this day and time of political upheaval and uh, discord, hallelujah, and all the things that are going on in the world, and everybody believes they have the idea of how the world is going to work better. Amen. Hallelujah. It's incumbent upon us as children of the Most High God, to go back to the Master and find out, hallelujah, what is his point of view on the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, a, a lot of times we believe that if people could just, hallelujah, take my point of view and that just know that I'm right, amen, and two people or multiple people are going against each other, who's right, who's wrong, amen, let every man be a liar and let, the God, let God be truthful, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah, he's a God that cannot lie, hallelujah. So what I kept hearing, amen, in my spirit, amen, hallelujah, over the week, amen, hallelujah, is the perspective of Christ. The perspective of Christ. So next slide. Hallelujah. Our title today is the perspective of Christ. God wanted me to share with you today. Amen. His point of view. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Our definition underneath here. Amen. From the uh, Oxford American Dictionary is pers on perspective is is an attitude towards or a way of regarding something. A point of view. So God's point of view. Christ, more specifically, point of view. So today, hallelujah, I'm only going to be reading scriptures that are in red. 
We want to hear what the master has to say. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. What is the master's take on various things? Now, obviously, we can't deal with everything. Amen. That he ever said. Amen. But hallelujah, we have some scriptures here before you today. Amen. Hallelujah. That will point us all, including myself, in the right direction on how to view things from his point of view. Amen. Hallelujah. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Hallelujah. It's the beginning of wisdom. Hallelujah. So we need to go back to the Lord. This is not my idea. I didn't come up with this. This is the Lord. This is what he wanted us to hear today. Amen. Hallelujah. I even forgot what it was. Amen. I said, I need to go back and pray and get it again. I didn't remember what he said. Hallelujah. Because he told it to me so early in the morning. Amen. I had to go back and get it again. Amen. So hallelujah. Today's message is the perspective of Christ. The perspective of Christ. We all got perspectives. We all have points of view. But what's the perspective or the point of view of Christ? It matters. It matters. Please help me as I pray. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you and praise you today. And as we come before you today, Lord God, we need a word from you. But this task you've given me is far, far too great for me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. This is your perspective, Lord God. Unveil it to your people today. Pour into your people today. Build your people up today. Not only your people, but those that are in need of relationship with you that may be with us online today. Have your way with them in the name of Jesus and unveil who you are and your perspective on life. We thank you today. We praise you and we bless you in Jesus' name. All those in agreement with that prayer, just say amen. amen. The perspective of Christ. Let's jump into it. Hallelujah. Next slide. Hallelujah. Let's look at this word light. He said, I am the light of the world. Amen. This word light, hallelujah, comes from a Greek word, fosse. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It came out force there, but it's spelled F-O-C-E. Amen. Spell check is a beast. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So F O C E. Hallelujah. And it means in the New Testament, it is the manifestation of God's self existent life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Genesis 1 1, it said, Let there, um, in Genesis, hallelujah, it said, Let there be light. So light be. Light was made manifest. Hallelujah. So God manifesting his self existent life through Jesus Christ. It means to, to denote truth and its knowledge. Hallelujah. So light brings truth and knowledge. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The words are light. Hallelujah to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Together with the spiritual purity congruous with it. Hallelujah. So truth and, and knowledge hallelujah, go along with hallelujah spiritual purity. Amen. So God's not going to say anything. Amen. That's unholy. Hallelujah. Divine illumination to reveal and impart life. Light. There could be no life on this planet without light. Even our scientists tell us that. Hallelujah. He is light. Hallelujah. And that light imparts life. So through Christ. Hallelujah. The light by which the true life is gained. We gained eternal life through the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. His words, his teaching are light, knowledge, information, life. It's a whole lot more to light than us just having these lights here. Amen. Hallelujah. He is light. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I was having a conversation with Asa on the way here today. 
Amen. And I don't know if you know this or not, but time is determined by how quickly something uh, travels from one point to the other, distance. Amen. So time on this planet is determined by the sun. Sun is our source of light here on the planet Earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But it's funny how you never hear about, you don't hear about the sun in the new heaven and new earth. Because Jesus is that light. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And the sun does, and, and the sun won't set in the new heaven and new earth because Jesus won't, his light won't set. It's eternity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We will have all eternity off of his light. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's just a little aside. Amen. Next slide. Hallelujah. We're gonna, I'm going to come from the words of Jesus today. I'm only pre preaching the word, uh, uh, speaking, uh, reading the words of Jesus today as we move forward. Amen. Next slide. We're going to look at the Beatitudes, the eight declarations of blessedness. Hallelujah. These are eight declarations of blessedness. Amen. Out of the mouth of Christ. Hallelujah. They come at the beginning of his famous sermon on the mount, the Beatitudes. Hallelujah. Between verses 3 and 12. Amen. Eight blessed declarations out of the mouth of Christ. Amen. Next slide. Verse 3. I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Version this time. Amen. And it reads, blessed. These are the words of Christ. Blessed, happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation. That's a mouthful. Hallelujah. Regardless of their outward conditions. Uh-oh. Are the poor in spirit, the humble who rate themselves insignificant. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What's going on here? How is this blessed? Amen. The Jews, the, the book of Matthew was written to an audience of Jews. Amen. And the Jews, amen, were spiritually arrogant. Hallelujah. They thought they had it made because Abraham was their, uh, their ancestor. Amen. Hallelujah. And they had the Ten Commandments. They had the law. Amen. And they believed in their heart of hearts that they were keeping the, the law of God perfectly and earned their way to heaven. Amen. But here the God of the universe came and put on flesh and told them that blessed are the poor in spirit or those who know that they can't make it to heaven on their own self-efforts but that they need me I told us before amen the most spiritual and mature people I've seen are those that recognize their own imperfection and need for God here Christ is saying Blessed are those who know that in and of themselves, they can't make it to heaven on their own. They can't live holy on their own. Oh, this goes against everything we know as religious. I lived a life, amen, where I felt like I could keep the Ten Commandments and walk in the New Testament and be pleasing to God. I just want to go to heaven and hear, well, I'm well pleased with you. That's arrogance. God will be well pleased with me when I'm poor in spirit. No, this is not talking about poor people who don't have money. The poor in spirit, Jesus was addressing a crowd that, that were, were religiously arrogant. And they believed 
that through keeping the Ten Commandments and doing good, that they can earn their way to heaven. He's going against them. These are the words. This is the perspective of Christ. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How do you get to heaven? Well, you realize, amen, hallelujah, that I am not good enough on my own, that I need the Savior. Hallelujah. Oh, I know that goes against religion right there. Hallelujah. Religious people are mad at me right now. Hallelujah. Next slide. Hallelujah. Verse 4. Blessed and enviable, happy with a happiness produced by the, ex by the experience of God's favor, especially conditioned by the revelation of his matchless grace, are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I know this is read at funerals a lot, and I used to read it at funerals, because I lack the understanding. Oh, we're mourning at a funeral. But you should be mourning because you see your spiritual state, that you are bankrupt of righteousness and that you are in need of God more specifically Jesus Christ so he's telling these arrogant religious folks blessed are those who mourn about their spiritual state and believe me amen those in the audience who did not like that Christianity is not about patting yourself on the back or how wonderful you are. It's about praising God for how wonderful he is to send us Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. We're talking about the Beatitudes now. We're talking about the perspective of Christ. Amen. Him directing this audience, this Jewish audience that he was speaking to here during the Sermon on the Mount. Next slide, verse 5. Blessed, happy, blithesome. Wow. Joyous, spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward condition, are the meek, the mild, the patient, the long-suffering, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek shall inherit the earth. Those that understand they're spiritually bankrupt, hallelujah, shall inherit the earth. We know that Abraham was declared the possessor of heaven and earth. The Jews believed that that was them based on their ancestry, based on their law keeping. But Jesus, the words of our Savior telling them, blessed are the meek, the humble, who don't look to their heritage, who don't look to their religious traditions, but know that they are in need of a Savior. They shall inherit the earth. Saints, I've heard so many messages where I could see the arrogance dripping off of the preacher as he or she patted themselves on the back. And the audience just was like, hallelujah! Because we didn't understand. We didn't understand the perspective of Christ. Hallelujah. And this is why he wanted me to share this today. Next slide, verse 6. Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous in the state in which the born-again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uprightness, right standing with God, for they shall be completely satisfied. Amen. They thought they had it made. Why should I hunger and thirst for righteousness? I have the law. I have Abraham as my ancestor. 
The perspective of Christ is you don't understand that you are not righteous in your own efforts. That you should be hungry and thirsty for righteousness. For those that are hungry and thirsty for righteousness shall be filled. How are you filled? By way of the Holy Ghost. I know I'm tripping up your theology right now. I don't mean to. Amen. He told me to preach this. Hallelujah. Next slide. Verse seven. Blessed, happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward condition or the merciful for they shall obtain mercy or the compassionate. Amen. You know, sometimes when you are spiritually arrogant, you are not compassionate. I have seen Christian people, I've seen Christian ministers walk past the homeless. I've seen people not offer salvation to those that were around them. Amen. We can get to that point as human beings when we just think that God chose me. God called me. I'm in the ministry. I'm more. I'm better than everybody else. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Touch not his anointed. Do his prophets no harm. You can't greet me after service. Hallelujah. I'm all that in a bag of chips. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you're headed on your way to hell. Amen. If you never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Amen. And you're just operating in an office. Hallelujah. Glory to God to get the people's money. Jesus, the perspective of Christ. Blessed are the merciful, the compassionate. For they shall receive the mercy from God for the payment of all their sins through Jesus Christ. I was that guy. At one point in my life. I thought I was so special. <laughs> Thank you for your mercy, Lord. He had mercy on me even when I didn't think towards mercy towards others. My God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Brother Pastor, I've never known you like that outwardly. You don't know what I was thinking on the inside. <sighs> the word will find you. <laughs> the word will find you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Next slide, verse 8. Blessed, happy, enviable, fortunate, and spiritually prosperous, possessing the happiness produced by the experience of God's favor, especially conditioned by the revelation of his grace. Woo! Regardless of the outward condition, are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What is this talking about? The Jews had an outward holiness and outward purity. Amen. Hallelujah. You know people, three-piece suit. Amen. Polyester suit, hat, big old hat. Hallelujah. But mean as the devil. And you know why they're mean and all that? Because they're really not getting what they need. They've been sold a bill of good, uh, bill of good, excuse me. They've dressed like it, just like the Jews did, but had not had their hearts ministered to by the love of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus here is directing a group of people who dressed the part, who acted out the part, but were not pure from within. 
God's looking for purity from within, amen, and all of us are guilty, amen. That purity only comes once we recognize our own guilt, accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, which all of us here have done, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah, and then we shall see God. Why do I need to see God if I got it all together already? If I'm holy, I got it all together. I'm in this holiness church. I'm wearing all white. I'm sitting up here as a man and the women are sitting down there. And I'm looking down on them. How am I going to see God? I got it together. Or at least I think I do. The Jews thought they had it together. The first century Jews. He's basically saying you're not pure in heart. We're talking about the perspective, the point of view of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I say it all over again. Hallelujah. We must see man as fallen. I, I, I heard one of the most wonderful videos the other night, and I, I was sharing it with my wife, and a lot of times I overshare with her, and she, uh, you know, she has other interests and stuff like that, but I get excited about certain things. Amen. And uh, many of our heroes, not many, excuse me, all of our heroes are flawed. Every hero we have throughout history, every biblical hero is flawed. They could be wonderful in one part of their lives, but very immoral in another. It is dangerous to put people in the place that's only reserved for God. You will be disappointed 100% of the time. Hallelujah. None of us are pure on our own. We just aren't. Even the best of us have to pause and think for a second. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Jesus didn't, he was just pure. He didn't need to pause for a second. He just was. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, without getting more specific, amen, there's a recent Christian apologist who was found out to be a womanizer. And people are rocked to the heart and disappointed and hurt and all that. And I understand that I'm human. I've been there. Amen. My heroes have fallen in front of me too. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But hallelujah. The weakness is not on the Christian doctrine that this man was sharing. Amen. The weakness was that we put him in a place that he didn't belong. And when a church is destroyed because of one man's failings, it means that the church's hope was in that man and not in Jesus. Or the hope is in that woman and not in Jesus. Hallelujah. Next slide. Amen. The last and eighth be attitude amen funny how it's eight eight means new beginning hallelujah so the eighth one is between verses 10 and 12 and it says blessed and happy and enviable fortunate spiritually prosperous in the state in which the born again child of god enjoys and finds satisfaction in god's favor and salvation regardless of his outward condition are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake or being and doing right 
Hallelujah. I can't tell you how many times I've been teased for doing the right thing. Hallelujah. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward condition or you. When, and this just continues the same point. When people revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely on my account, be glad and supremely joyful for your reward in heaven is great. Strong and intense for in the same way people persecuted the prophets who were before you. I'm going to give you a personal testimony right now. There are a lot of instances, even now at 51 years old, not so much recently because we're in the pandemic. Amen. But as a man, I'm in man's circles and men sometimes want to have the dirty jokes or men want to hallelujah go and uh, have their, uh, what's the word I used to always use, uh, to, be, to uh, self-medicate or get high. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Or secretly flirt with a woman behind their wise back. And as human beings or as a man, you want to fit in. You want to be one of the guys. You want to be down. You want to be respected. And I have to make the choice, am I willing to be persecuted because I'm trying to represent Christ? Am I willing to be teased? Am I willing to be neglected? Am I willing for no one to want to be in my presence, amen, because I want to do the right thing by Christ? Not because I'm holy, because he's holy. Saints, the temptation is to fit in, to not stand out. Oh, God, everybody else got a boyfriend. Why don't she have a boyfriend? Everybody else is wearing these uh, see-through clothes. Why aren't she wearing these see-through clothes? Everybody else, amen, got many women. Why don't this dude got many women? You know, trying to follow Christ is not easy. And the worst betrayer of, of all of them is yourself. Your body will betray you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Your likes, your dislikes will betray you. But can I be persecuted for righteousness' sake? Hallelujah. This is not my perspective. This is the perspective of Christ. Hallelujah. Next slide. We'll get off those Beatitudes. <laughs> Saints, Christ is not the way of salvation. Christ is salvation. His very name is Savior. And God had me change these titles to these different slides. He wanted to be stronger. Christ is salvation. Salvation being escape from hell, going to heaven. Salvation being an uh, overarching uh, theme of your life. Blessings, health, prosperity. When I say prosperity, I don't mean that you'll be a billionaire. I just mean you're, you're doing well in life. Hallelujah. Christ is salvation. Next slide, John 14, 6. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. These are the words of Christ. Amen. He's answering Thomas. He said, Jesus said to him, I am the only way to God and the real truth and the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There are not multiple ways to heaven. There are not multiple ways to God. There is Jesus. Jesus. 
oh, you know, all religions are the same. We all going to reach the same place. No, 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 no. The, I, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is salvation. Amen. Well, you know, you need to negotiate. You know, you need to be compromised as a Christian. You can't always see it your way. These are, this is the perspective of Christ. This is not my opinion. These are in red. This is his response to Thomas. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. I know sometimes we around our coworkers who are who are Muslim or Hindi or something like that, and you know, sometimes we get into these conversations and they say something holly in left field, amen, and because we want to fit in, amen, holly, oh yeah, I understand what you're saying. No, no, no. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Saints have not been there. I'm not, I'm not here to beat you up. I've been there. I felt those feelings. Of, ah, I'm about to set this off if I say the wrong, not the wrong, if I say the right thing. You know, this has actually happened to me. I was at a, uh, um, a few years ago, I was at a um, Memorial Day party. And uh, one of my coworkers started to talk about Islam. And you can argue it wasn't appropriate, but I had to talk about Jesus. Amen. Not for argument's sake, but I didn't want this untruth to be unchallenged by truth. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. I did not destroy the party. I did not turn the party upside down. I kept it to a, it was a circle of three, and I kept it there. Amen. Hallelujah. I didn't want to disrespect our host. Amen. Hallelujah. But this is someone who had claimed to be a Christian, but now was pushing Islam. Mm. Why? Because they had just married a Muslim. And I was reminding this person of their vow to Christ. Hallelujah. Yes, I have an unusual life. Amen. Next slide. You must be born again. There is no universal salvation. There are some who have gotten off. They felt like when Jesus says, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten to whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's some that believe that the entire earth is saved. But this is the perspective of Christ. You must be born again. Why must we be born again? Because we are spiritually dead. When you were separated from, now I'm not talking to us as Christians, but I'm talking about mankind is spiritually dead, but he's separated from God. That's death spiritually. Amen. Let's go to John 3, 3. Read what it's all about, what Jesus is saying. Obviously, this is the conversation between him and Nicodemus. Amen. Hallelujah. Nicodemus came to him at night. Amen. He said, Jesus answered him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you. I'm reading from the Amplified Version once again. Unless a person is born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, he cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. 
We're talking about the perspective of Christ. These are the words of Christ. Unless the man be born again, obviously a woman as well, be born again, he cannot or she cannot experience the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. It's at the new birth that the Holy Spirit, amen, takes residence in your human spirit and your, your spirit becomes alive. At that moment, you become a new creature. Amen. Hallelujah. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. God a measure of God now lives inside of you. You are born again spiritually and are now a Christian. Hallelujah. We must be born again. This is not talking about speaking in tongues. This is not talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's about being born again. Your spirit has the portion of God, the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Now, let me be clear, amen, doesn't mean the totality of the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. It means a measure, a portion of the Holy Spirit. How does he do that? I don't know. He's God. But you and I, with our mouths, had to give him permission to live inside of us. You know, when I do that salvation prayer at the end of each service, amen, hallelujah, it's a, it's a vow. It's giving the Holy Spirit permission. I'm, I'm declaring that I'm a Christian, you know, asking forgiveness of sins, declaring I'm a Christian, and receiving the Holy Spirit in my human spirit. Born again. Hallelujah. We're talking about the perspective of Christ, the point of view of Christ. You can't be saved unless you're born again. All right. Next slide, please. Salvation is available to all. The Jews did not believe this. This was a mystery, amen, that God did not reveal immediately, amen. We know salvation's for the Jews, but it's for everyone. That's why you and I are here right now. Hallelujah. Let's go to John 3.16. Hallelujah. We know the scripture. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, for God so greatly loved. You know, God greatly loved the world, even in its fallen state, and dearly prized the world, that he even gave his one and only begotten son, so that whosoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. Hallelujah. For God did not send the, the Son into the world to judge and condemn the world. In Jesus' first uh, time on earth, he did not come to condemn or judge the world. We're still in that time frame. Does God correct? Yes, he does. I've been corrected so many times I can't count. But he's not coming to condemn or to judge the world. He does correct, though. Hallelujah. That is to annihilate the final, to initiate, excuse me, the final judgment of the world. But that the world might be saved through him, God would have that all would be saved and none would be lost. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Salvation is available to all. Hallelujah. I remember living in Texas, amen, I met this uh, Palestinian man and he was saved. Now he still had a lot of anger against who he called the Zionist which is this, uh, whether real or imagined, group of people that of Jewish descent that rule the world. He, he had anger, amen, but this man was saved. Amen, he needs deliverance from the anger and resentment against these group of people that he uh, is angry with, amen. 
But a, a Palestinian man was saved. He even taught me what salami means. He comes from the word salim, which means happy. So salami makes you happy. Hallelujah. I can testify to that. Hallelujah. Especially with some mustard on a Kaiser roll. Somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. God wastes nothing. Amen. Driving a bus and he had me meet a Palestinian Christian. Hallelujah. He wastes nothing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Next slide, please. Christ is resurrection life. It's not through the devil. It's not through some Egyptian God. Christ is resurrection life. And we know Egyptian gods are just demons, amen? Principalities. Hallelujah. Let's go to John eleven twenty five. This is after he spoke to Martha, amen, with the uh, Lazarus situation. Jesus said unto her, she says, Lord, if you had been here sooner, like time was, uh, time was a barrier to Christ. You know, the Jews believed that the human spirit hovered around the body for three days after death. So Jesus waited four days before he went to go see Lazarus. And basically Martha told him, Lord, you're too late. I know you're Jesus, but you're too late. His body probably stinks right now. It's decaying. What was his response? Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead. Oh, God. <laughs> and Lazarus was certainly dead. And we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Mm -hmm. Yet shall he live. Lazarus, come forth, he said to him. Amen. And life came back into his body. Amen. You know, the Jews tried to kill both Jesus and Lazarus after this event. This great miracle. And they wanted to kill Lazarus and Jesus. Mm. I didn't make this is in the this is in John. Hallelujah. Jesus is resurrection out of his own mouth. He said he is resurrection. Resurrection life comes through Jesus or rising again. Hallelujah. Saints, I, I hate to be the one to tell you, but these bodies that we are in are not going to heaven. You may love your hair, your complexion, your, how you dress and all, but this body is going to decay and stay here on earth. Amen. It's not going to heaven. Amen. But we're going to go in our new bodies. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank Hallelujah. Where corruption puts on incorruption. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Mortality puts on immortality. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we're going to fly away. Hallelujah. I'll fly away. One glad morning. Hallelujah. I am the resurrection and the life. We're talking about the point of view of Christ. There is no resurrection in any other being in the universe. It is in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Next slide. Christ is a prophet. Well, he was a prophet. But more importantly, Christ is God. We talked about that complex unity weeks ago. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's complex. It, God is a being that is beyond our understanding. 
he is not of this earth. He is a self-existent being. And for God, one plus one plus one equals one. But God the Son left his heavenly abode, was born of a virgin, hallelujah, was imparted into the womb of Mary, put on flesh. But Christ, Christ Jesus, is God. And not he was God, he is God. greatest day on earth was the day of his crucifixion where he paid for our sins and he said it is finished next slide john 10 30 through 33 because i've heard this argument a lot amen where people said jesus never said he was god well the seven great i am's he's saying i'm god the Jewish mind would know that. Amen. I am. I am. He said it seven times. Hallelujah. We did that uh, months ago. Amen. Hallelujah. But let's read it right here. Hallelujah. John 10 and 30 through 33. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Jesus says, Amen. I and the Father are one in essence and nature. Again, the Jews picked up stones to stone him. Jesus answered them, I showed you so many. I showed you many good works and many acts of mercy from my Father. For which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, we are not going to stone you for good work, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, make yourself out to be God. When he said, I and my father are one, in their minds, he was making himself out to be God. And in fact, he was because he is God. Jesus is God. Yes, there's God the Father. Yes, there's God the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is God. It's a complex unity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We do not serve many gods. It's one God, one being. Hallelujah. Three persons. Hallelujah. I know it sounds silly. Amen. Hallelujah. But he is a complex being. Jesus is God. And that's out of his own mouth. I and the Father are one. Amen. Also, the seven great I am's from the book of John. Jesus is declaring himself God. And also, when he was tempted by the devil, he said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It wasn't just quoting from Deuteronomy. He was talking about himself. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Christ, the God of Abraham. Oh, he really got himself in trouble with this one because they revered Abraham so much. And, you know, we, we know that Abraham is the father of three major religions in the world. Judaism, Islam and Christianity. So all three religions claim that they know God, that they are going to heaven. Hallelujah. But what did, what did Christ have to say on this subject? Hallelujah. This controversial subject. Next slide. John 8, 56. Hallelujah. He, he says, your father Abraham greatly rejoiced to see my day. Ooh, if, he was, if he was just a mere human man, that would be so arrogant. But he was not. He's God. He said, my incarnation. He saw it and was delighted. Then the Jews said to him, you are not even 50 years old, 
and you claim to have seen Abraham? And Jesus replied, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Woo! Woo! God. Before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw it at him, but Jesus concealed himself and left the temple. He claimed to be greater than the person they had the highest respect for, Abraham. But what they were really doing is they were putting Abraham higher than God. And sometimes we put the pastor higher than God. And we turn into cults. Help us, Jesus. We're talking about the perspective of Christ, the point of view of Christ. This is not my opinion. These words are in red. This is what Jesus spoke himself. I am reading from different versions, amen, but it's the same meaning in the version that you're reading. Now we're really going into some heavy waters now, amen. And we're talking about the perspective of Christ. Next slide. Christ fulfilled and brought the law to an end. He fulfilled the law. In other words, he carried out the Ten Commandments and the other 613 laws that were rooted in the Ten Commandments. And he brought it to an end. Let's look at the scripture. Next slide. Matthew 5, 17. I'm reading from the Amplified. He says, do not think that I came to do away. This is still the Sermon on the Mount, but this is a different place on it. He says, do not think that I came to do away or undo the law of Moses. All the writings of the prophet. Now, the Old Testament to the Jews was referred to as the law and the prophets. All right. Hallelujah. So he's talking about the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Or the Old Covenant. He said, I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Jesus, being the perfect God man, was able to fulfill and not break one command at any point in his earthly life. And in doing that, Hallelujah, the Old Testament in the book of Malachi ended without a solution for sin. The first book of the New Covenant, Matthew, amen, hallelujah. And I know they're not written in that order originally. Mark was the first book, hallelujah, glory to God. But in the first book of the New Testament, we see the, uh, the, the solution to sin, and that is Jesus Christ. He came, hallelujah, fulfilled the law for all 30-some-odd years of his life every day without error, and then died as a sinner for you and I. The law had its, its period, its ending in Christ. Now, there's a movement amongst Christians that says that uh, uh, some, some Christians that we should follow the Torah. I respect it. It's holy. It's just and it's good, as Paul says in Romans chapter 7. The law is holy, it's just, and it's good. I love reading through Genesis. I love Exodus. Not so much Leviticus. But I read it. Deuteronomy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Numbers. All that stuff. That's considered the law. The Pentateuch. The first five books of the Bible. 
Jesus fulfilled every requirement. Moses didn't. Jesus did. And we talked about when rightly dividing the word of truth, the ending of the old covenant and the beginning of the new covenant took place at the cross. Jesus didn't come to, hallelujah, do away with the law. He came to fulfill it. He fulfilled it. He worked perfectly. He was the solution for sin. And he brought about a new covenant with better promises. Hallelujah. 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 Pastor Brian, you're always talking down on the law. The law is holy. The law is just. The law is good. It cannot transform you, and it certainly can't transform me. I needed a savior. You know, if you kept the law perfectly and the Jews did not, hallelujah, glory to God, you kept it the way you, the best you could, I should say, hallelujah. It should bring you to a conclusion where you are in despair and that you see that you need a savior. It should bring you to the point where I can't do this. I need help. And that help is Jesus Christ. Oh, we're going to go down another road. Hallelujah. Next slide. Christ is eternal life and security. Christ is eternal life and security. You know, there are many Christians that feel like they can lose their salvation. When you feel that way, A, you don't understand the word eternal life. So to you, eternal life is temporary life or conditional life. You know, I hate to bring this up, but it's just popular. You know, I, I remember before my mother-in-law joined the church many, many years ago. Amen. She was one of the people outside the tent. She was declared that she was going to hell. And my wife cried like a baby. But that individual didn't understand eternal life. Didn't know she got saved at 19 years old. Amen. Hallelujah. Eternal life is eternal life. Let's look at the next, next slide, verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 28, 29. And I, this is Jesus speaking. He says, and I give them eternal life. Who gives eternal life? Jesus. And they will never, ever, by any means, perish. And no one will, be, will ever snatch them out of my hand. We're talking about security now. My father who has given them to me is greater and mightier than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. No one can snatch you out of Jesus or the father's hand. Amen. Your salvation is secure. John 10, 28 through 29. Amen. You know, I don't believe preachers are just being mean and trying to get you scared. Amen. Now, there may be some doing that. Hallelujah. But they just didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. I thought salvation was temporary. Because that's all I've been taught. No one can snatch you, no witch, no demon, no imp. You can't even snatch yourself out of Jesus' hands, out of the Father's hands. It says no one. 
Yes, we fall. Hallelujah. But we need to see ourselves as Noah. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm sure Noah had bad days in the ark. Amen. He fell, but he was still in the ark. I'm sure he had days when he was frustrated with the animals. Amen. Hallelujah. But he was still in the ark. You were still in Christ. I'm not here to co-sign your sinful behavior. Amen. But I'm here to tell you the truth out of Jesus' own mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. That you cannot lose your salvation. Hallelujah. Salvation has gotten through you opening up your heart and using your mouth, confessing with your mouth, and believing in your heart, the Lord Jesus. It is an act of the will. You, are, you have been influenced by the Holy Spirit that has worked upon you. Hallelujah. To influence you and you actively receive. Hallelujah. Salvation. And it can not be lost. Next slide. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because of Christ, the believer can't lose the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of times we go by feelings. Mm -hmm. Let me just be real. Amen. And I'm not here to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not here to hurt my wife's feelings. I'm not here to hurt anybody's feelings. Amen. We didn't have all the time a joyous feeling in the church this morning. But that does not mean that the Holy Spirit was not here and not active. A lot of times we try to pump the people up because we feel like the Holy Spirit's not here unless we are joyous. And that God's going to leave us if we don't do something to prove ourselves to him through praise and worship. And yes, God inhabits the praises of his people, but we need to understand it from a standpoint of that it's his good pleasure to inhabit the praises of his people. It's not that God's not around if his people aren't praising him. It's also that how can I praise him if he's not in me? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Because of Christ, the believer can't lose the Holy Spirit. But let me prove it to you scripturally. These are the words of Christ. He says, and I will ask the next slide. I'm on John 14, 16 through 17, Amplified Version. And it reads, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor. You know the Holy Ghost prays for you? Yeah, <laughs> you. Oh, Pastor, please pray for me. Listen, you, I, I'm, I'm going to pray for you, amen, but you know that the Holy Ghost is praying for you. A counselor, a strengthener, a standby. You know, I, I can do better with this, amen, hallelujah, but I'm challenged when people look to me for strength. I need to be more compassionate. I need to be un more understanding. But my, my, my challenge is because I know I'm not the strengthener. He is. He is. And we have relegated the Holy Spirit Hallelujah to the court jester in church. That the Holy Spirit's only around for a good time. 
that he gave me this two-step dance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I'm not against dancing. I'm not against sh shouting. I'm not against praising. All this is wonderful. But we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is much more than that. Hallelujah. He's a comforter. If you need comfort, look to the Holy Spirit. If you need an advocate, look to the Holy Spirit. If you need prayer, look to the Holy Spirit. Amen. To intercede in your circumstance, in your situation. If you need a counselor, sit before the Lord hallelujah and get counseled by the Holy Spirit if you need strength hallelujah look to the Holy Spirit if you need somebody to stand by you it's the Holy Spirit Amen. there are times when God uses people by way of the Holy Spirit to be all these things but know that it's God not the individual because the individual's there one day and they're gone the next. The pastor's available one minute, he's sleeping the next. Oh, he ain't no good pastor. He wasn't there for me. I'm pointing you towards the Holy Ghost. Even Jesus said, it's good that I go away. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit can't go there. Jesus was one individual. He couldn't be all places at once, but the Holy Spirit can. Pastor, I don't want to hear that. I don't want a human being. Okay. I've done what the Lord told me to do. Hallelujah. To be with you forever. To be with you forever. To be the Holy Spirit. He has asked the Father to give you another helper. To be with you forever. Amen. I can't have the Holy Spirit one minute and not have him the next. Oh, but David said, take not thy Holy Spirit away from me. David lived before the cross. This is something you may not want to hear, but David was not saved during his earthly life. Oh, God. What? David was a sinner. He was dedicated to God, but he was a sinner. Jesus had not yet paid for his sins. He had not yet died at the cross. The old covenant patriarchs, the saints, were sinners. We live in a more advantageous time because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us and he lives with us forever. Is David in heaven right now? Yes, he is. All the Old Testament patriarchs and saints in the heaven. Yes, they are. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus went to go get them. Amen. From Sheol. Hallelujah. And lead captivity captive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But he had to go get them. We are saved in 2021. And the Holy Spirit is with us forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. This is the world cannot receive. These are the words of Christ. And take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. We, we go by our five senses. I can't see him so I don't believe he's real. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in, in you. Sometimes we put human beings in the place of the Holy Spirit. I have. They can't, they can't fulfill you. 
you know, family is wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad I got my family. Family is wonderful. But family can't fill that, 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 that Jesus-shaped hole in your heart. Families are a gift from God. Children are a blessing from the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. But only Jesus satisfies by way of the Holy Spirit. All right, Pastor, move on. Okay, I'm moving on. Next slide. Christ teaches the, cov- the new covenant superiority over the old covenant. In, in other words, no mixture of covenants. Many years, as I mentioned, for weeks and weeks, amen, Jesus is not for mixture of old covenant and new covenant. Let's turn to it, Luke 5. Almost done. I know this is a long one today, amen. They're all long, I know. Hallelujah. Luke 5, hallelujah, verses 36 through 39. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Hallelujah. He also told them a parable, he being Jesus. He says, no one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment, uh, or the new covenant, and puts it on the old one. So nobody takes the old covenant and puts it on top of the, uh, no one takes the new covenant and puts it on top of the old covenant. That's what he's saying. He's speaking to Jews. He's speaking to religious people. He says, otherwise he will both tear the new and, uh, and the new and the piece from the new will not match on the old. So the old and new don't match. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Wineskins being religious people under the old covenant. Otherwise, the new fermenting wine will expand and burst the skins and it, will be, and it will be spilled out. In other words, they can't hold on to this new doctrine, this new covenant. And the skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins or the sinners, the publicans, those that society looked down upon, hallelujah, like me. But here's the one that gets me, the verse that gets me. And no one after drinking old wine wishes for new for he says the old is fine since we could be so caught up in our old testament traditions we can reject the new covenant which is the covenant that we live in and this is the perspective of christ These are not my words. How do you know this church is not filled? People that have left the church. Because the words that I speak are against their tradition in church. This is something we need to really let settle in. Those people, you online, you need to let this settle in. Jesus is saying no one after drinking the old, talking about the old covenant, he's comparing it to wine, wishes for the new. For he says the old is fine. He made a new, pro- new covenant with greater promises. The old is fine. I'll work my way to heaven. I'll keep the Ten Commandments. Oh, I'll mess up every now and then. I'll just ask for forgiveness. There is no forgiveness under the old covenant. If you break the law one time, you're guilty of them all. It's an inflexible standard 
that cannot be negotiated with. If you break the law, you are guilty. Even if you do it one time. See, it's the human heart reaching out, yearning for grace, but stuck under the law. Woo, God. God knew the old covenant wouldn't work. That's why he put in the sacrificial system. The killing of goats and bulls. And it went on for 1,500 years. And there's still many living under the old covenant. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, God's got me ministering to the Orthodox community now. I can't go into more detail than that because it'll mess up HIPAA and all that. Hallelujah. But God's in control. God's in control. He's in control. Next slide. Amen. Christ's mission on earth was to die. He came to die. He came to die. He knew I came to earth to die. And this is our last slide, last slide here. Hallelujah, last scripture slide anyway. In chapters 14, 15, and 16, and 17, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure, for his crucifixion. All right. Let's hear what he says in John 15, 13. I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, no one has greater love nor stronger commitment than to lay down his own life for his friends. He was telling his disciples, I'm going to be crucified for you. I'm laying down my life. How do you know I love you? I'm going to die in your place. How do we know that Jesus loves us? He died for you and for me. We know what we've done. I'm not even going to bring them up. I'm not even going to throw out examples. We know what you've done. Someone died for you anyway. Why? Because he loves you. Just as you are. He loves you enough not to keep you as you are. Amen. He gave you his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is sanctifying you over time, making you holy in behavior, in thought, in emotion. But he came to die. Why? Because he loves you. You know, if I, if, if I die for a raven, doesn't mean she's going to be saved. She's saved already, but I'm just saying as an example. My blood is stained by, by, by sin. But the one who didn't deserve it died in our place. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me end with this last slide conclusion. Amen. Hallelujah. Saints, the perspective of Christ should be every believer's perspective. Every believer's worldview. A view on which we know that Christ is the source of all knowledge and life. Christ, Christ made eight declarations that pointed to him as the source of earthly and heavenly bliss. We need to understand that only through Christ is salvation received. Being born spiritually from above by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is necessary for salvation. Salvation is not only for the Jews, but for everyone that will call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is the source of resurrection life, for he is God incarnate. Christ is the God that Abraham encountered and made a covenant with in Genesis 17 and 2. 
Hallelujah. Christ fulfilled the requirements of the law and brought it to its conclusion, ushering in a new and better covenant based on what he accomplished for mankind at the cross, an unconditional covenant of grace. Christ declared that we cannot lose our salvation or the Holy Spirit. Christ taught that the new covenant was superior to the old and that we should not mix the two. Finally, Christ declared his love for us by dying and taking the punishment for our sins, which is the gospel message. Hallelujah. This is Christ's perspective, his point of view, a view he wants everyone to share and be comforted by in this present age. Jesus is the light of the world. Somebody say hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This, is, this should be our worldview. And it should cause us to rest, to relax, to be at ease. I'm, I'm saved. I'm loved. I'm saved forever. I can't lose my salvation. Hallelujah. I have the Holy Spirit inside me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I have to have a perspective that it's all him and none of me. That he accomplished these things for me at the cross. I didn't accomplish them for myself. Hallelujah. I'm no better. I'm no worse than anybody on the planet. Hallelujah. Where does racism stand in that? Where does colorism stand in that? Where does light skin, dark skin, this complexion, good hair, bad? Where does all that stand? It doesn't stand. He loves us all. How can my insecurity stand up against the truth of the perspective of Christ? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Brother Pastor, you treat everybody so well. Listen, it's the truth. It's, it's what it should be. It's what it should be. Because I recognize my place. I receive much mercy. I've received much grace. The meaning of life is to receive God's love and to share it with everyone. Hallelujah. Real quickly, you're out there, amen. You don't know this perspective of Christ. You don't know Christ this way. You've not been taught to you that way. And things I've said today have shocked you. They have appalled you. They have offended you. Amen. Hallelujah. But these are the words of Christ. Christ wants to reshape our perspective of him, our point of view of him, our understanding of him, that he is better than you know. And that all your sins, willful sins, mistakes, things you knew were wrong and you did them anyway, hallelujah, they were out of your control because you are a sinner. But if you'd like to change that and join the family of God, please say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe that you died for my sins, my imperfections, my bad choices. I believe you rose from the dead as the evidence that Father God accepted your death as payment for my sins, my imperfections, my bad choices. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Now say amen. amen. If you said that prayer and you said it sincerely, you are saved. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can never lose your salvation. Amen. The Holy Spirit's with you forever. Amen. You, no one can pluck you out of God's hands. Hallelujah. The blessings hallelujah, are there. Amen. You shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. You should inherit the earth. Amen. All these promises are yours through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Real quickly, take me to the offering slide. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, it's a tough message. Amen. Hallelujah. But it was the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. We ended with Jesus predicting his death. Amen. Hallelujah. Which is the gospel message. He came to die. Hallelujah. If you would like the gospel message to continue. Amen. Hallelujah. We need your support. We here on earth, we need your money. Amen. We need your financial support to continue to share the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That everything that we need taken care of, this building, the parking lot, uh, this, that, and the other, all the obligations we have, we need your help so that the gospel can continue. Amen. So please, ma'am, please, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. Let the Lord lead you. Amen. It's not my place to tell you what to give. Amen. Hallelujah. Whether you give your tithe, your offerings or whatever, your donations, your investment. Hallelujah. Make an investment in this church that the gospel can continue. Amen. You can do that in three ways. Way number one is you can give online at lwccgrace.org forward slash donations. Amen. You can make a financial tax deductible donation to the church, the Living Waters Christian Center online. lwccgrace.org forward slash donations. It's on your screen before you. If you feel uncomfortable with that way, hallelujah, you can mail in a donation to Living Waters Christian Center, P.O. Box 115 Amityville, New York. Hallelujah. 11701. That is on your screen as well. And you can also come and visit the Living Waters Christian Center and give your offering in person. Amen. As we are following the CDC guidelines. Amen. We're wearing masks. As you can see right here, we're taking temperature. Hallelujah. We, are, uh, we have sanitizer. Amen. We are sitting six feet apart. Hallelujah. Except for those that live in the same household. Amen. We would love to have you join us here at the Living Waters Christian Center. We have an overflow room. Amen. Hallelujah. We'd love to have you join us. Amen. Glory to God. But we need your help. So consider. Amen. Take the time to consider. Amen. If you can make an investment in this church, the Living Waters Christian Center. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me pray over these offerings. Father God, we thank you and praise you for the seed that you've given us. We, we give it, Lord God, today back to you. Hallelujah. Because of Jesus Christ and all he accomplished for us at the cross, Lord God. We give it for the upheaving and expansion of your kingdom, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless our donations, our giving, our tithe, our offerings today, Lord God. Bless them some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold return that we might be blessed to be a blessing to our families, to others in the name of Jesus. Have your way in our lives like never before. Let the gospel continue. We thank you. Bless Living Waters Christian Center. Bless all those that have joined us and those that have given today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We praise you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today. We'll be back at 1130 next week. We are grateful for you to be with us week in and week out as you have been. We love you. God bless you. We will be back next week at 1130. God bless. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.